the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by the Neurology Center of San Antonio and River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. That's according to John 10.10. And we are studying the book of Philippians in the series Under Construction with a serious look at your finances. If you need a little wisdom in the financial department, we'll keep it right here. In fact, we recommend you follow along with the notes to this sermon at reallife.org if you click on the sermon archive link. Let's get right to it. Here's Pastor Sean Azaro, and this is Real Life Radio. I want to be very careful not to avoid this subject because I believe it is a biblical principle that will change your life. It is something Lori and I have practiced from the beginning of our marriage, and it has been a gift of God in our life, and I want to challenge you in that. Now, some will say, and in trying to kind of dismiss this subject, well, that was part of the law and we're not under the law. They would be wrong. In Genesis 14, well before the law, verse 20, we see Abraham tithing to this priest named Melchizedek. He gives a tenth of what he has, what he has gained, and he gives it to this priest. Now, in Hebrews, this priest, very mysterious character we hear of nowhere else in the Scripture. In Hebrews, Melchizedek is referred to as this priest of the Most High God and the king of Salem, the king of peace. It says of him in Hebrews, he's without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days, An end of life, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever, this Melchizedek. Most theologians believe this is a pre-incarnation manifestation of Christ Jesus himself, this mysterious representative of God who who Abraham tithed to. Some say, well, but it's not really mentioned in the New Testament. That is not true either. All of the New Testament church tithed because they were good Hebrew followers of God. But in Matthew chapter 23, Verse 23, Jesus is bringing a word of correction to some of the real religious Pharisees. And he's saying, he's, he's kind of rebuking them. He's saying, you guys are so meticulous on the tithe that you'll tithe every little bit of spice, every little bit of mint, every little bit of whatever. And he says, but you miss the more important weighty issues of justice and of love. You miss the point of it. And he says, you need to focus on those things as well as your tithe. Jesus could very well have said, no, that's not something that is God's gift or his design for us anymore i want to suggest you this is a gift of god's for us and if you're taking notes write this down the tithe is not for god to take your money but for you to train your heart the tithe is not for god to take your money but for you to train your heart god is not somehow broke and looking for some way to kind of make it through the month not sitting there looking at you come on help me out i gave you life and everything please a little something I, I make the sun go come up every day. Come on, just help me out. I'm a little tight this month. That is not the spirit of the tithe at all. The tithe is a gift. It is not for God to take your money, but for you to train your heart. And let me say to you, as a pastor, as a leader, as a Christian, as a friend, I never get past this. These temptations of finding my security in something else, my empowerment in something else, this faith-fear thing, 
And I've grown a lot. I feel like this is an area where God's given me a whole lot of victory and I enjoy the blessing of his presence in this. But life changes. New things happen. I now have a child in college. And that's everything in the world is expensive. And there's a new, whole new opportunity to sit and go, oh man, God, are you able to do this? And God's like, well, I brought you this far, but college, you're right. It's too big for me. I'm, I'm out. I don't, I don't know what I can do. Wow. This came at an awkward time. You know, seriously. I mean, we, we do. God, God brings us through these things and then all of a sudden we're like, oh no, not this. There's always opportunities for us, our flesh, which loves to control our flesh, to decide to, to strive out and, and move in fear instead of the faith that says, wait a minute, God's near. He's taking care of us all along the way. He'll take care of us now. A couple truths that the tithe is designed to bring home to us every time we are, every time we receive increase financially. It's an opportunity for us to experience a couple things. Number one, the tithe replaces the illusion of ownership with the freedom of stewardship. Remember I talked about the illusion of ownership? Well, tithe, the tithe replaces that illusion of ownership with the freedom of stewardship. Folks, ownership is an illusion. It's all God's. We read that in Psalm 24.1. Haggai 2.8 kind of really hammers it down. It says, the silver and gold, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. It's all his. Stewardship is this recognition that I am caring for something that belongs to someone else. That's what stewardship means. It just means I am caring for something that's not my own, Okay. It's all God's. We're stewards. It's not just kind of a way of thinking. It is reality. I'm going to one day leave all the resources that are in my control, whether they be personal resources or professional resources, I'm going to leave them to someone else. And God will determine who that is, and that's reality. It's all God's. We're just stewards. Now, stewardship, you must understand, is not designed to be a curse but a blessing. There is supposed to become this healthy freedom. As we let go of the death grip we have on our stuff a little bit. Because the death grip on the stuff is nothing but frustration because eventually you've got to let it all go and we can't control everything. And stewardship is a way for us to, to begin to live in a freedom that says, okay, it's God's. It's only been the last number of years, the last four, maybe four or five years that we've been able to begin to put a retirement account together just because of planning the church and the years that that took and the very low income we had during that time. So we began to put together this little retirement account. And what's so awesome is it was starting to get to look like something. And then just the last couple of years happened. It's ugly. And the little smoldering heap that is now my little retirement thing. Stewardship says, well, God, that was yours, right? Whatever you want to do with that. Because my resources are yours, but, and according to the scripture, I can, I can, I can remind God of his promises. I really don't need to, but it's good to remind me of God's promises. That said, but you said you know all that I need. And if I seek first the kingdom and your righteousness, all that I need will be added to me. So not only are my resources God's, but my needs are God's too. Oh. <gasps> Oh, so if God wants me to take the burnt and smoldering remains of this retirement account, then if he wants me to give that away because he has something else. But what about the penalties? What about, oh, I don't know. God's probably befuddled over that. 
if God has no other reason but to teach my heart and he wants me to give that away for something or designate that for something else, God reminds me, it's mine. It's not yours. It's not yours. And don't worry, I know what you need. My hope is not in how big or, well, not big, my retirement account is. My hope is in how big my God is. That's the gift of stewardship. I begin to truly be oh, a little freer. It's God's. Okay, God, something happens outside of my control and something is lost. Well, God, if you, that was yours. If you wanted that to be gone, you can have that be gone. There's this freedom that comes from the gift of understanding this principle of stewardship. And what it means is I, stewardship means I am allowed Tithe is God's. It's all God's, but the tithe I give off the top. 90% of the rest, I'm free to do what I want with. I mean, and it's all God's, so I'm, he's, I'm a disciple of his. He's actively involved with what I'm going to do with that 90%. But if there's, I pay my mortgage, pay for, you know, my, my needs and kids' education and there's a ministry out there I want to support, see the impossible campaign. We were able to give some towards that. If there's, we, we support a kid through Compassion International, which we love to do. And just, I'm free. That 90%, I, my freedom means because I'm in relationship with Father, I sit and talk to him, Lord, what do you want to do with this 90%? But, but I'm steward over that. And there's just this freedom that comes from trusting him in that. The tithe is not for God to take your money, but for you to train your heart. Second thing, the tithe teaches the faithfulness of God. And this is really important. The tithe teaches us the faithfulness of God. Listen to this scripture on the tithe, Malachi 3, 8 through 12. It's an amazing passage for a couple of reasons. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, well, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Now, you understand. Sin has created a curse. As as people born into sin, theologically, we understand the curse of sin, right? What this passage is saying is that your finances are under that curse too. It's what it is. And what he's about to tell us is that the tithe is a way to pull our finances along with our soul and our families out from under the curse. He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have enough room for it. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. I like that idea of blessing so much that now we got a space problem. Okay, oh, now I got a space issue because God, God, stop it. Really, seriously, it's too much. We don't have room to contain it, like the Scripture says. And that's an interesting note, that God will prevent pests from devouring your crops and vines from your field. They'll cast a fruit, that agricultural picture of a reality that under this curse, there are things that are stealing away at our finances. Any of you ever experienced that? Just where'd it go? Where'd the money go? And you ever experienced the reality of being broke at a higher level? Because no matter how much you have, there's always more stuff to take. That's what God is saying. I will begin to stop. The King James has a cool phrase. It says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Now, what is very cool about this is this phrase, test me in this, says the Lord. 
It's the only time in Scripture God says that. In fact, this is a God-initiated exception to Matthew 4, 7. Remember Matthew 4, 7? Jesus is, is quoting the Old Testament. He says, you shall not put your God to the test. It's wrong to test God. Except in this, because God invited us and said, test me in this and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. See, that's the point. That's the whole point of the tithe. The very heart of the tithe is blessing. One of the things that hinders God from being able to bless us is this weird attachment and and this thing in our heart that won't allow us. Blessings become a curse. And God wants to set us free from that. And the tithe is designed to train us and tutor us. It is like a covenant. In fact, it is a covenant. Placing our finances and resources under the canopy of God's blessings. And you are listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, which meets every Sunday morning at the corner of Redland Road in Jones-Maltzberger, just inside Loop 1604. You can find details, directions, and service times at the website reallife.org. You can also see that Vacation Bible School is coming up in a couple of weeks. So get the kids signed up for some great fun, lots of singing, and the theme is going to be Backstage with the Bible. And right now, we'd also like to take a moment to mention that today's program is made possible by the Neurology Center of San Antonio with Dr. Ann Bass at 1314 East Sonterra, Suite 601. And the number for Dr. Ann Bass is 490-0016. And we'll be right back in one minute with more of this message called Finances Under Construction. And this is Real Life Radio. Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades, from K through 12. For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at believersacademy.org. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church, and this is Real Life Radio. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Do you know what we're saying? We're saying that I can do better with God on my side, being under the canopy of his blessing and him blessing my finances in 90% than I could do with all of my wonderful wisdom and insight in 100%. That's what the principle is. There's a couple in our church shared with their small group. Their names are David and Daisy, and uh, he's a small business owner. She's a stay-at-home mom with four kids, and they just recently were very, very tight. Things had had really been hard with his business. In fact, they were at the place where he had one small job on the calendar. That was it. And less than $100 to their name. And they were in a very tough situation. One of the the folks in the small group asked, well, kind of what does it take for you to get caught up? And the number was about $7,000. And it it was just this situation where they were getting buried. And so he went to this one job, 
that he had this little job and the, the client asked him how things are going and when he tells the story, David says he's surprised at how just kind of forthright and blunt he was. He said, things are not going well. We have no money. I don't have any jobs on the calendar and we don't know how we're even going to make it. And they, the lady said, well, it sounds like you need to tithe then. I mean, things you didn't expect to hear, right? What you want to hear is, well, I'm going to write you a huge check then. You know, that didn't happen. But for someone to sit, this lady's a believer, and she says, well, it sounds like you need to tithe then. Okay, and you know, David had heard about the tithe, and he prayed about it, went home, told Daisy, I think, I think this is something we're supposed, to, we're supposed to do. And so they make the determination that they're going to do that. That next Sunday, Daisy writes out the tithe check, and it was money that had been designated for a utility bill that was going to come due. And they decided based on faith and what they believe God was saying to them, to pay God first, to give God his portion first. And, in fact, it's pretty funny. Daisy said she went, she filled out the check, put the money in the envelope, or, or filled out the, the deal and put the money in the envelope and gave it to her daughter and said, no matter how much I beg, do not give it back to me. Go put it in the box right now. <laughs> she said, that's pretty funny. I'm, I'm going to use that. I wrote that down. That's good. There's a couple of times I've been in that place, Okay. No matter how much I pay, and they, and they went home, and basically nothing happened drastically that day. You know, they just went home without the money that they had had, and it was this was set aside, and that was it. They sh- later shared with their small group that that Monday morning, literally Monday morning, the phone began ringing, and they began to get some jobs coming in. And uh, <laughs> honestly, by even the Wednesday night after, he'd been busy every day up to that point, and his calendar was beginning to fill up. He was lining up good-paying, quality jobs that were starting to now fill his calendar. They became so excited, they committed to tithing on everything. She created a chart to put together, all, track all the money that came in and what the tithes should be on that. And since that, that time, they have been faithful to tithe. And he says he's as busy as he has ever been. Yes, that's in this economy. Because of being faithful to the tithe. I want to suggest to you what Lori and I have found and what we believe fundamentally. You can't afford not to tithe. I can't afford not to tithe. There really is this idea that God and the 90% is way more than just me and 100%. The tithe is not for God to take your money, but for you to train your heart. And, and I mean, that brings us to number three, the very important and kind of obvious thing. The tithe restores a heart of worship. That's really what this is about. The tithe restores a heart of worship. Where your treasure is, Matthew 6, 21, there your heart will be also. Worship is what you put first in your heart. That's simply what worship is. It's what you put first in your heart. And money and materialism is the great idol of our time. Obviously, also the great idol of Jesus' time, because when talking about this, he said you cannot worship God and what? Money. This is an idol because of this issue of how we meet our needs. I think it's so deep. And by directing our money in worship, we put God first. And we're saying, God, you are where my hope is. Not my, not my job, not my company, not the government, not the church. I, I trust you and you alone. And, you know, I'm going to acknowledge obedience hurts sometimes, whether it be financial obedience or any other kind of obedience, because often it leads us in the exact opposite direction our flesh wants to go. Doing the right thing can just hurt. But do it anyway. That's what the scripture's saying. That's the step of faith. That's where God begins to engage, and now you come under this canopy of his blessing. Even if you've got to give to direct your heart, and you're like, ow, 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 do it. 
because you will see the power of God released in your life. And one of the, one of the issues that I have with Matthew 6, that, that whole passage, the birds, the flowers, the whole thing, I don't like the picture of dependence that it play, that it paints. Because something in me doesn't want to be dependent on anyone but me. I like independence. Well, independence is kind of just self-reliance, self-dependence. And here's a principle you can take home and chew on. The thing that you depend on, usually the thing you worship. The thing you depend on, and I don't like to be dependent. And this issue of the tithe, it is a regular worship statement that says, God, I depend on you. I depend on you, not, not my company, not the church, not the government, not anything else. I depend on you, Father, because you're my king. I trust you. I submit to you. I surrender to you. And I'll be real practical point. Um, in our home, Lori pays the bills. She just writes the checks and, and does that. One of the tough things about that is we do the tithe right up front, but bottom line is I personally can become somewhat detached from that process. And I have to find ways. We have to work so that I'm still involved because that's the gift of it to, to take that. And whether it's okay, she's good, she writes those checks and then we, before we give it, we just take a second and pray, God, this is, this is your piece of what you've given us. It's all yours, Father, but this piece we give back to you. Multiply it and thank you for this opportunity to train our hearts that what we're to trust in is you. Because the automation of the system kind of can really cause me to be somewhat removed from it and I can miss the benefit of the worship aspect of this. And so I just encourage you, be sure that you have opportunity to actually handle that, deal with that, so that you get the heart benefit of saying, nope, it's not my job, it's not me, it's not any of that. God, it's you. Tithe is not for God to take your money, but for you to train your heart. And last, the tithe focuses us on the mission of the kingdom. The tithe focuses us on the mission of the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Seek the kingdom first. That's what this does. Every time we tithe, we're reminded, wait a minute, the kingdom is what's eternal. God, what's done for you. My finances are having a purpose that is lasting. I'm making a difference with my finances. In that Malachi passage, and I want, listen to me. These guys, they're the same guys were here earlier. I want you to hear what I'm saying. In that Malachi passage, it says, bring your tithe into the storehouse. Well, what does it mean? Where do I give this tithe? Lori and I have practiced from the time we got married to give to the church where we are called to be part of the mission of the kingdom because we see church involvement, membership, not as I'm not just an attender. I'm, it's, my, it's the mission that God has made us a part of. It's where we're fed spiritually. It's where we're encouraged by brothers and sisters, where we receive pastoral care, and it is where we minister the gospel out to our community. I encourage you, if this is your church, you should tithe here. If you are part of another church, you should tithe there and be part of that kingdom. And I hear some people say, well, I like my church and all, but I don't know that I trust them for what they're going to do with the money. Please, that's an excuse. And I, if, if there's anything in reality of that, find another church. Find one you can trust, okay? And I hear those same people. They'll say, well, I don't know that I trust what the church does with the money. I don't know that I trust the church. And then they go drop their kids off in our nursery. You don't trust us with your money, but you will with your kids. There's a whole seminar in that. <laughs> Find a place that you can trust. Let me tell you something. Our mission is real simple here at River City. For those of you who this is your church home. Our mission is to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. 100% of our budget is missions budget because it is dedicated to that mission. Make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We're all about seeing life change. 
seeing people who didn't know Christ come to know him and grow and become disciples. It's simple. If you can get behind that mission, then you should feel good being able to tithe to this fellowship. And I just, I will say to you, if you can't, either wrestle with that, talk to your small group leader, talk to one of the elders, talk to me, that's cool. Or find a church where you can and then dive in both feet and be a part of the work of the kingdom. It's a way for your finances to matter. And it's a way to sit, train your heart and saying, wait a minute, the things of the kingdom matter. The tithe is not for God to take your money, but for you to train your heart. And I want to challenge you. I always, when I talk about the tithe, end with this challenge for 90 days. If you're not tithing right now, would you try it for 90 days and see what God does? Will you take up the challenge where God said, test me in this? Will you do that? Try it and see what God does. See what happens. I've never had someone go to me, thanks, Sean. Wow, I really went broke because of the tithe. Never had that happen. What I have had is all kinds of people come with stories like David and Daisy's or others who said, man, I don't even know how. The numbers don't work on paper, but it just did. And this didn't break down when we thought it was going to, and this resource came in that we didn't expect, and just creative ways God took care of his people. It's all his. It's all his, and the tithe is a way to remind us of that and to bring us under that canopy of his blessing. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're saying to us. I pray that you would give us courage and build us as we step out in this area of sometimes difficult faith. And I do pray that we would see, according to your heart and your desire, the windows of heaven open. And I pray that the blessing that comes, we will feel free as stewards to do whatever you put in our hearts to do with it. Thank you in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. We'll be back next week at this time. However, the MP3 download of this full message is available right now at reallife.org, where you can also find the details and directions to River City Community Church, where we hope you come visit soon. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and made possible by Dr. Ann Bass of the Neurology Center of San Antonio, as next time we'll continue the study in the book of Philippians as it applies to real life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.